You're listening to Bobshi and Yaya Travel the World, and we hope that you are enjoying today's conversation. We invite you to become part of our travel community, so head on over to bobshiandyaya.com. That's B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A, Y-I-A. And subscribe to our blog so that you can be kept in the loop as we talk about destinations and how to make travel a priority in your daily life. Whether you are travel dreaming or you've got boarding passes in your hand, we've got resources, plans, and plenty of inspiration to get you ready for whatever adventure awaits. You can find us on all the social media at Bob Shea and Yaya, and we hope that we see you there. I am here on our amazing episode about travel books and travel literature to talk with Lauren Pelkey. She is the founder and head traveler of Wanderlulu and also is the creating force behind Wally the Wallaby who is wandering. Am I right? Very close. Wally the Wandering Wallaby. You had it all in there. There we go. There we go. It's been a long day. Can you tell? (laughs) Now, I know that you call your website Wander Lulu because sometimes you're Lauren and sometimes you're Lulu. So that's where the Lulu part comes from. Yes. That is very true. Um, Came from a nickname from my father after kind of jetting off and going to all these places. Lulu just seemed appropriate and started calling me Lulu and everyone else followed suit. I love that. Oh, right. Lulu it is. All right. Now, you did not travel as a kid like a lot of people kind of getting that gypsy spirit when they're little, that kind of wandering gypsy. You were kind of thrown into the deep end, really, when you started traveling. Tell us about what you did. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I think you hear all these people, you know, traveled their whole lives and have these amazing opportunities to, to travel the world as a young person, which is so cool. Um, kudos to those parents. <laughs> but I didn't really grow up that way. I mean, travel was different in my family in a great way. I grew up kind of, you know, doing more local, um, local things. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point um, in this chat. But yeah. yeah, my first kind of real big travel experience was when I was a junior in college. Um, to study abroad. And, I, and, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard this many times how life-changing studying abroad can be. And I was for sure one of those stories. Um, studied abroad in Rome and it changed my entire life. It does change your life, doesn't it? Sure it's does. Just, you just feel a magic that you've never felt, right? It's that. It's that. Amazing. But that really launched you into travel <laughs> in, in a big way though, right? <laughs> how many countries are you up to these days? You know, I'm not like a big country counter, to be mm-hmm. honest, because I really love slow travel and like really yes. getting to know a place versus like, oh, I went to this place for a day and this place for a day. So that counts. You know, I, you know, there's yeah. kind of a game involved, but I am over 30 countries at Amazing. this point, you know, something like that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Now. Things change for you. Wander Lulu was around for that, for, for that kind of travel. But tell me about the conversation that you had with, I believe it's, it's your nephew, isn't it? That is right. Tell me about that. Yeah. He was really the game changer in my kind of in my life in general. Um, when Bo, that's my nephew, when he was born, he's the first, you know, child in my immediate family 
when he was born, you know, that love that you feel, that auntie love. Yes. <laughs> um, it really just consumed me and I wanted to inspire him, you know, like many of us, you know, travelers and whatnot, we are looked to as, you know, that go-to person to, to talk about travel, to show the travel pictures and talk about stories and all these things. So I'm very much known as, you know, travel auntie your travel friend in kind of my family and friend circle. So I wanted to be that for him. I wanted to be, you know, be able to inspire him to, to see the world and kind of open his eyes up to that as, as soon as possible. So he was really the catalyst for the creation of Wally the Wandering Wallaby. I will be honest, I didn't have it on. I've been a writer for most of my life, but a, being a children's book author was never really on my radar until the day he was born and it changed everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I have to tell you, I have a niece named Gabby and I am just over the moon about her. She She's in her thirties now. I still don't care. I'm over the moon about her. I totally understand yes. that auntie love. It's, it's like nothing else. It's so neat. It's so special. And I don't have children of my own yet. I would like to one day we'll see, but um, you know, he, he him and my niece, Maeve, they are just, yeah, there's that love you just can't describe. <laughs> oh, oh, and Maeve. Oh, we'll dedicate our episode to them. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so you wrote this book and you are really putting out there a way for kids to explore the world. Tell us about your character and, and what he's up to. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about Wally the Wandering Wallaby, who you can't see in this episode, but I am holding the stuffed animal oh, version. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> he is a cutie. He is a wandering wallaby. He's a very curious creature. He's very curious to learn about the different places around the world, try different foods, meet different people. And the point really of him and his character in general is traveling the world with a wide open heart and mind. Um, that was kind of the, you know, why I wanted to create this character. I wanted to create that character that, you know, just went all over the world with a very open mind to learn about different places, different foods, different languages, and be open to, you know, things that maybe he didn't know growing up where he grew up. I love that. You know, I teach in this area of the country and we're very close to ocean city, Maryland. And at the beginning of the year, I always ask like, what's the most incredible place you'd want to visit? And they all go ocean city. And I'm like, or, or, or Japan? <laughs> how right. about Paris? Right. Maybe. Right. And by the end of the year, you ask the same question and it's amazing. Their world is so ready for them to open up to all those new experiences, isn't it? And that's it, right? Just the introduction of these things. You don't know what you don't know, right? And so having having just the visual in front of you, the story in front of you, this maybe this character who can who can kind of show you what else is out there and, mm -hmm. and kind of plant that seed. And that's really the goal, you know. I love that. I love that so much. So how did you even pick the first destination for him what mm -hmm. how was that process of even choosing <laughs> so difficult first of all <laughs> imagine having to choose one place to start you know right so it was definitely a very difficult task but how I tried to kind of approach it was okay where have I where where can I draw from you know my personal experiences in travel um and also 
what elements from those places are things that I think kids could really learn something from. And so mm-hmm. I, I went into it with the intention of doing kind of an around the world adventure, which is the first book. It's Wally the Wandering Wallabies Around the World Adventure. Um, so I did keep in mind, you know, really going around the world and pulling from pulling from my own experiences and and also pulling from from things and stories that I have heard um that, that I think could really use a change. And, and so I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and explain that further. Um, for me, and I think a lot of travelers in general, like food is such a cultural connector. Yes. It's an incredible way to explore a, a culture that you're not familiar with. The people, it's, it's that connector, right? And so for me, food is a very important thing in travel. And you'll see in the books, there's a lot of food references in these different countries. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that stems from, I have a friend from Vietnam who grew up, born and raised in Vietnam, grew up part of his life in the US. And he got made fun of a lot in in elementary school and middle school for the Vietnamese lunches that he would bring in to school. Mm -hmm. And my thought of that was, man, if there was a way to help at least just a little tiny, a little tiny thing to help, you know, show kids from an early age that foods from other places are delicious and, and to be, you know, inquisitive and excited about learning about something different and curious versus quick to judge something that you're not familiar with. And yes, that was very much like an element that I tried to keep in mind too, like introducing maybe some different foods that these maybe kids had not heard of before. And like, oh, maybe I should be curious like Wally is. To, to try or to learn about these things, you know, versus be like, oh, what's that? You know? I love that. It always reminds me of the scene in my big fat Greek wedding when she's eating moussaka at the, in the cafeteria and the kids at the other table call it muskaka. And yes. it's always like, oh, man. Yes. It's yes. That. I agree. I, you know, and it is nice to see that maybe our grocery stores, especially in the United States, are starting to expand and make that food not the international section. It is nice yes. to see that starting. I feel like there's a thawing of the ice there for sure. Little changes, little yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, little bit by little bit. It'd be so part of the change. <laughs> what destination would you? bring Wally to next? Now that you've kind of brought him around, where would you, where would you kind of send him off to next? Very interesting question. (laughs) Wally is going on a couple upcoming adventures. Um, So I'm working on two, two new concepts right now, two new books. You know, I have the two out now. Yes. Um, So a hint in the possible next story or the one after, so there's a third and a fourth coming, um, Wally's going on another around the world adventure, but to new places that he has not been to before. And with a new possible character introduction. So that's exciting. Oh, and the, wow. Which is great. Um, and the one that's even more exciting and near and dear to my heart is he will be going on an adventure around a country, a place that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And hint, hint, I live in said country. Okay, I won't <laughs> give that away now. I won't give it away because like now I know the answer. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm excited for that because we need more books about where, sure where you're at. We sure do. sure. Yes. yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's talk about 
where you come from as a writer now. Mm. Tell me, what was the book that you read as a kid that was like, oh, this just made me travel to a whole new place? You know, it's so funny, you just bringing this up. A big reason of why Wally the Wandering Wallaby like came to be is because I don't remember having that book. Oh. And I wanted to help, I don't want to say be that book, but I wanted to be an option of that book for my nephew. Yes. So that's actually interesting you bring that up because when he was born and this idea came to me, um, not not even Wally, just the actual ambition to write a children's book came Mm -hmm. to me. And I wrote it down on a little, you know, a little post-it note. I still have that post-it note, by the way. Oh. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I said, oh, I'll, I'll find the book that I'm thinking before the post-it note. I'll find that book. You know, there must have been that book for me. Um, there's got to be a book out there. And I kind of went looking for what I had in my head, which is this like very whimsical story, but also like very fact-based kind of mixed all together to, to give to him. And I... I really couldn't think of that exact story that really did that for me. And so I really wanted to create it. I love that. I love that. You know, I have to tell you, people ask me all the time, who, you know, what teacher inspired you to become a teacher? I don't have an answer for that. I can't remember any of them to tell you the truth. I really wish that that wasn't a question, but it's a good answer, I think, because it puts it in a different perspective, right? Yeah, just like your book. I love that. I love that. Okay. Now, you explore through reading for sure, but what advice do you give families that want to get into the travel lifestyle? And I think you kind of touched on this a little. Yeah. You know, I think where I would start is I think there's this idea that you need to like pick up and move or travel across the world from where you're at in order for it to be like really travel. Like that's what a real Mm -hmm. traveler is. And I just don't think that's the case at all. Starting small, you know, traveling to another part of your own state, in my opinion, is traveling, going to trying, you know, going to a different section of town that maybe you haven't been to that has different types of food and languages and people there. That's going somewhere and learning something new. And I think that's, To me, that's like the essence of it all. Like that's the essence of travel is opening up your mind and life to other people, places, things, foods, languages. And to me, if you're able to teach your children that from a young age by going to the state next to you or whatever is in your kind of capacity to do so, like that counts. (laughs) That that is travel too. Um, So I think that's like my first answer to that. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I feel the same way. I think people underutilize their communities. Yeah. Which could be a proving ground for parents on checking to make sure their kids are ready before these huge investments in travel are made. Very you know, true. I mean, I'd rather know that my kid can handle a museum that's around the corner from me before I book a trip to the other side of the country or, you know, across an ocean, I'd yeah. rather not invest in that until I kind of have it down a little bit, you know, yeah, like that. maybe that could be like a great starting ground, you know, for that on the, on the other side of that, on the contrary of what I just said, is that 
If you want to travel across the world with your family and you've always wanted to go to this place and you want them to see it too, rock on. There is like nothing holding you back. And my number one inspiration for this, by the way, is Monet from The Traveling Child for anyone listening who is not already following her and her family. Um, To me, she is the ultimate inspiration for many, many reasons. One of them being she very much does you know, adventures in their quote unquote own backyard. I'm pretty sure they're based in Florida. And so, you know, they'll do um, traveling to a a local place and showing what you can learn there about all these things. But also, you know, they're, they're, I think they're in Peru right now. Um, You know, they were in Egypt just a couple months ago. And so I think there's a couple different ways to kind of like look at that in that, if it's a place that you want to go, do children live in that country? Then you can go there with your children, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. Check your boxes, right? Check your own boxes instead yeah. of somebody else's. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with you. So our episode is all about travel literature, which is why we wanted to really showcase what a great book Wally the Wandering Wallaby is because it is a great place to start with kids. Mm-hmm. But what are you up to? What are you reading? What, what's your big read these days? What are my big reads to say? So I will say I just finished um, Our Last Days in Barcelona recently by mm. Chanel. Do you know Chanel Clayton? Are you familiar? I don't know that one. That one's actually, I, I love the title already. Oh my goodness. We can get into that later. But <laughs> I just finished Our Last Days in Barcelona, which is her most recent book and her kind of series um, that's very dedicated to, I learned so much about Cuba and um, it's like historical fiction, escapism, romance, like all wrapped into one. And I will say that is my favorite genre. <laughs> I love that genre too. Yeah. Big big fan of that genre. Um, so I just wrapped that up and then I just started. And when I say I just started, I mean like I am pages into the nightingale, um, by, by Chris and Hannah, which takes place in like 1930, 40 France. So historical fiction that takes place, you know, in places of interest or want to go to any sort of like escapism is really just where it's at for me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm reading right now. I'm like, three-fourths of the way through the Paris Library, which is a World War II. Ooh, I'm adding that to my list right now. Yes, so good, so good. World War II, but it's got all those other pieces in it. So, yeah, the the same kind of idea. I like that genre too, by the way. I love love that that genre. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Let's end with a couple of quick picks. Just whatever comes to your mind first. You ready? Okay. Okay. Best book for adults under the Christmas tree. Okay, I'm going to go back to Chanel Clayton and and offer up um, um, Next Year in Havana, which is the first book of that series I was kind of telling you about. Incredible read. It's a must. Put that under the tree. And then The the Henna Artist um, by Elka Joshi. That series. Incredible as well. Um, Those are my two two picks in that genre. Those are both new to me. Oof. I, oh, I love that. Okay. Mine, knowing is, you mine is a classic. I think yeah. you're going to, yeah. Mine is a classic every time Murder on the Orient Express. Everybody who listens to this podcast will know. I am going to choose Agatha Christie. They already knew. They already know. She's <laughs> Under the it. tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a copy and you get a copy every time. <laughs> okay. I love it. Best trip you've ever been on. <sighs> oh, that's just mean. 
It is. It is. It is kind of a mean question. That's a pretty like impossible question to answer, but I think it's it's also impossible for me not to mention my like three month solo travel trip through Southeast Asia. That was probably the most life changing one of um, next to probably my study abroad experience. That was just it changed me as a person. Um, it was fantastic, challenging, difficult, wonderful, crazy, awesome, <laughs> like all all wrapped in one. Yeah. There is something about Southeast Asia that is just deep. Deep. It's just deep. And, and until you've been there, it's hard to explain to other people. You got to yes. go and feel the deep. And, and and how it challenges you to go deep yeah. within yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, I, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to put that as my best trip ever. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. Um, minus Poland. Hands ah. down. Poland. I love Poland so much. Are yeah. you going to Poland? We actually Again? We are I launching mean... a huge new venture with Babshi and Yaya. <gasps> we're taking our first small groups to Poland now. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited. It's uh, 10 days in Krakow. Yeah, nice. yeah. But I lived in Japan. Thank you. I, I I lived in Japan for a while, so I, I've yeah. done Asia, and I, yeah. you know, like I totally understand that. Yeah, there yeah. is something about Poland. I just wow. can't. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. The people, the spirit there. It's like the European Japan. Mm. The spirit in Japan. Yes. Yes. Poland. That's okay. that's the European spirit in Poland. I love. I, it. I love it so much. I was supposed to go in October, and I no longer can go. I'm very sad, but it is on my list, so I will let you know when I go. Oh, you have to come with us. Oh, or my maybe gosh. I just I... come with you. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I'm going to send you the information. I love that. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Um, okay. Best place to take young kids. Mm. Oh, this is I... a good auntie question. Yeah. I, I think I need to go back to like referring to Monet of the traveling child. I, because I don't have young children my, myself, I think it's hard for me to really give like concrete advice on that. But mm-hmm. I think it goes back to my original answer. If you want to go to that place, you can go to that place mm-hmm. with young children. I, cause I've, I've seen her do it. I've seen so many of these amazing women that I follow who are mothers or, you know, bringing, bringing their young children there. So I, I don't know if I have a specific answer versus that's just like more of a motto. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. If, if if I have to choose a place, it's got to have water and animals for kids mm. to be there. I yeah. Get hands down, you can't go wrong with water and animals every time. An aquarium, win-win. Right? Uh, an animal sanctuary in, in, in Australia. Okay, I did that. That was amazing. Yes. We can yes. I tell you what my kids did? The, the kangaroo, there's kangaroos everywhere, everywhere. right? There's wallabies and kangaroos. <laughs> no matter where you turn, and they're looking at you like, "Hey, how are you? you What's know? up? Yeah, What's hey. up? yeah." <laughs> okay, the junior, the juvenile kangaroos, the little teenagers were on one side of the fence, <laughs> and my kids were on the other, and they were like eight, nine, and ten. Eight, nine, and ten. I'm telling you, my kids ran back and forth with those kangaroos. They raced those kangaroos all day long. It was so much fun. We had such a good time. You can't that go wrong. You can't go wrong life. in Australia. That's true. See, and it, as you can imagine, that's, you know, that was okay. me visiting an animal sanctuary in Australia was very much the, you know, inspiration for choosing a wallaby as my main character. 
I can't imagine why. I can't, 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 I can't imagine why. They're not the most adorable creatures on earth or anything. Oh my gosh, they are. They're so cute. Do you know there's wallabies in France? Where? There's Sorry, a, you cut out for a second. Oh, there's wallabies in France. Really? Yes. It, How did okay. they get there? Okay, this guy has them. I have to send you the information for this Airbnb. It's by Giverny, Monet's home. There's a B&B that looks like it's out of Beauty and the Beast. And there's wallabies there. I don't get it at all. I don't see how it goes together. We had such a good time. They were fabulous. I have to send you the information. I'm very confused, but it sounds fabulous. Fantastic, right? <laughs> okay. If I had to choose a place, though, I would send people to Bruges with their young kids. Because mm. you cannot go wrong with a city that smells like chocolate and waffles. Okay. Yes, I changed my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, we'll collectively choose Bruce. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. I love that. Okay. Least interesting place for teens. Hmm. I don't know. I feel I I know I have like more, I have mottos for these things versus like yes. an actual place because I really just think of travel in such like a it's an essence versus like an actual place. Mm-hmm. And and I Anywhere can be interesting if you have like the right attitude. I don't know. I don't know. It's just about like creating excitement and opportunities to learn like no matter where you are. So I just, I don't know. I don't have a like, oh, this is definitely a bad place to bring teenagers. I don't know. Like going in with this mindset of, you know, being excited to learn something new. So it's hard for me to answer these. The only place that I wouldn't take teenagers is Greece because I want to sit in cafes and I want to sit on the streets in the placa and I want to eat and drink and drink good wine. And I don't want them there. Yeah, but send them on an excursion with a trusted person and you can do that. You know, there's ways. Or I can leave them at home. We'll see. We'll see. Or that. That's true. Yeah. Okay, most overlooked destination. For me, this is easy, um, even though it is very much gaining popularity. So I think this is probably changing. And I see so many more people being excited about coming here, um, posting about it, talking about it. And especially with Encanto coming out. Um, but up until recently, I would definitely say Colombia, mm-hmm. um, which, spoiler alert, is where I live. <laughs> That's true. Um, you are yeah. you are in Bogota. That's, That's true. Right. So I think it um, has been overlooked for a very long time, mainly because, um, as I'm sure you have heard, and probably all the listeners have heard, just like all the negative um, press around, you know, Narcos and 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 all these stories that people have like latched onto and don't realize just what an incredible place this is, and that is a you know a part of it, and it and is a part of their history. Of course, you can't deny that, but. Um, how much this place has to offer from physical landscape, you know, um, Pacific Ocean, Caribbean Sea, islands, desert, Andes Mountains. Um, the list continues. It is it's such a diverse landscape. The food scene, the people, the art, the music, the dancing. It's like there's like 10 countries in one here. There's so many different cultures within, of course, like many other places, but um, ah, it's just so overlooked. And I think also people think Colombia, oh, Cartagena, that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And there is so much to learn and see and understand. And yeah, just, just get to know here. So 
yeah, Colombia overlooked. I totally can agree with that. I, I see. I think South America is overlooked mm-hmm. in general. I, you know, I, oh, comparatively, you know, I think people are always going to say Europe and Asia before they say South America. But I, I, which is like, why? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know because it's far more diverse than I think people give it credit for. Absolutely. Yeah. I have two. I think Canada is overlooked it, by Americans. I think people forget. Yeah. And County Donegal in Ireland is the other one. Everybody goes south. Nobody goes north. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I think I like everybody goes to the Cliffs of Moher in, in sure. Ireland. Meanwhile, the better cliffs are in Donegal, a hundred miles to the north of you. They're they're double the size. There's Jeez. half the people. It's it's amazing. There's beautiful paths and everything. And I think people just kind of miss out on that moment. Yes. As in such a popular destination, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. I love that. Great suggestions. Okay. Best travel advice you give. Best travel advice I give. I think using travel as an opportunity to grow. And I think maybe this is contrary to other people's beliefs, but sometimes I think we get very swept up in like the pretty pictures of Instagram and this like perfect facade of like, no one is in your picture and you know, it's this perfect image and like, that's just not travel. It's not perfect. It can, it's messy. It's crazy. It never goes to plan and like using travel as an opportunity for personal growth. Um, it's beyond just like the perfect beautiful Instagram picture. I love a good, perfect Instagram picture. Don't get, I'm Absolutely. Not, I am totally not putting that down, but just understanding that that's very much this very, very small, tiny piece of what it actually looks like. And, um, yeah, just to say you, you know, just to say you went somewhere taking that, that picture versus like really go somewhere, really, really go get to know wander. Wandering's my favorite way to travel. If you couldn't guess that from Wally the Wandering Wallaby and Wander Lulu, my two travel it. brands. Um, so yeah, using using travel as an opportunity for personal growth and to to really get to know a place versus like, let me just go see what I saw on Instagram. I agree with you. And I think that lesson is learned nowhere better than in Oya in Santorini, Greece, when you take the picture of yourself with the sunset and it looks like this calm, beautiful thing. And I always turn the camera around and take a picture of what I'm looking at because it is anything but calm. I always, I always say when I'm in that spot that chaos is a Greek word. (laughs) It cracks me up every time that I'm there. Every time. <laughs> and, and you know, there's something to be said about, I have, I'm not one of those like, well, don't go anywhere. That's touristy. I am so, that's, that's not me. I'm so not above that whatsoever. Um, places are touristic for a reason. You know, they often have incredible history and so beautiful, but just like knowing. So for example, your, your example, I think you just gave about Santorini. Is that right? Yeah. Now, you know, however many miles this way, in Amorgos, Greece, where there's like, you know, it's a massive island with like a hundred people living on it. And you really do get that real, holy smokes, there's the sunset and you turn around and there's no one but like some sheep and goats around you and like a beautiful flower 
you know, wildflowers growing. And so, you know, twofold, right? Exactly. It's balance. (laughs) I love that. Balance is best. It really is. Balance is best. Oh, Lauren, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to catch up about your amazing foray into children's literature, which has gone over so well in all the little schools in our area. You've been talking to them all week as we record. And people can find you at Wanderlulu on all of the social medias and also at Wally Wandering Wallaby as well, correct? If they want to kind of catch on to that, the kids' ends of what you're doing there. So I love both of those for sure. And you will be next up in New Orleans at Wanderfest. Am I right? That is right. I was there last year as well. It's a, a women's uh, travel festival put on by Wonderful, who I actually work for. Um, and I had the opportunity to um, have a have a booth there for Wally the Wandering Wallaby, and it's so fun introducing Wally, um, Wally to all these amazing travel women in the community. So I will be there again um, with all my Wally things, and hopefully some new and exciting products to share. Oh, I love that. Lauren, thanks so much for wrapping up this amazing episode with us. We're so happy you were able to join us today. Thank you so, so much for having me. It has been a blast. And yeah, just thank you. Really, this is awesome. All righty. You know, the travel industry has taken quite a blow from several global issues, including the war in Ukraine, the climb out of the COVID-19 crisis, and inflation that makes it hard for people to get out into the world like they want to. At this point, leading experts are predicting that it's going to take up to three years for the travel industry to bounce back to full force. One way that you can help the travel industry is to like and subscribe to 10 microbloggers. Each time you do, you're telling all those travel industry experts that you are ready to enjoy everything that the world has to offer, and you can start with us. That's right. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn at Babsha and Yaya. That is B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at bobsheandyaya at gmail.com with your questions, suggestions, favorite travel tips, products, and travel trends so that we can share your ideas in the future. Bob and Yaya is our home base for everything we love about travel. It's where our blog and show notes live and where we share access to all of our resources, including travel literacy for kids. We always have new posts about all the things we love about travel, including today's topics, as well as feature destinations, travel lifestyle, and stories to make you smile. Didn't get all of that? No worries. Just check out our show notes for all of the ways to stay in touch and links to anything we chatted about in this episode. As always, thanks for joining us for our journey.